What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 195. God, 195. Jesus, getting up there. Of uh, uncovered- Five away from 200. Yeah, I know, and I'm sitting here like, uh, I don't have anything planned for the 200th episode. Just kind of like, I don't know. We'll probably do another Q&A or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I treat these anniversaries, I'm starting to treat them like my actual birthdays, where it's like, ah, it's just another year, kid. Getting older and one day you're gonna die, you know. That's kind of <laughs> how I look at these episodes now. I mean, if we had, like, someone helping us with the production side, I, I would be a lot more prone to do something over the top. Mm-hmm. But, like, this is literally just a one, one-man one production operation as far as me editing and all that crap. So, you know, you get what you get, people. Uh, but hey, it, I, I appreciate the, uh, the hard work, though. Yeah, I'm pretty sure our listeners do as well. Yeah, yeah. No, no I mean, uh, no. You know, it, I don't know what I was trying to say just then. I was gonna say no problem or for real. I don't know. I <laughs> drank last night, and Mike is also tired. So we are we are a very medium to low energy podcast. Yeah, today this week. But uh, with all aside from all that, Mike, how how is we're things, a tired to some right now? How's things been for you, man? Uh, they've been fine, just adjusting to a lot of, you know, new sort of stuff at my work, new main store manager, and, um, he's not, I mean, I, he hasn't really, I haven't really worked with him enough for, to get to know the guy at all. He seems okay, but I've heard he has this reputation of being a fixer, so he just came in, he's gonna be here for a little bit, get us up to standard, and then somebody else is gonna come in, I don't, I don't know who it is. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I definitely miss my old store manager though already. Uh, she actually dropped by, uh, at work a couple days ago and, you know, just reminded me like of how, how much, you know, how much better, you know, how, how great she was. So it was just, it just the personality and, you know, mutual respect and all of that. This guy's very withdrawn. Um, isn't really the same sort of, uh, um, easygoing personality. The people you work with make all the difference at a oh, job. Oh, absolutely. Like, Thankfully, I still have a lot of coworkers that I still get along with, and things are still going pretty good. I heard I heard something through the grapevines and I hire more people soon, so I don't know. I'm just taking all the hours I can. Um, I'm planning on at least sticking through sticking uh, with this job uh, until the end of this year, and then looking, you know, if the things don't change too much. Or if things change too much, then I, then I might look into other al- options. But so, like, what's your uh, what's your like long term plan for for? I don't know. It, it's it's a whole up in the air type thing. It's like I really don't know. Like a lot of the you know, this job has been the first time I've actually had a stable job. You know, so it, it, it's like you know where I'm I'm I know that I'm in a good place. Because I got all these different people, you know, I'm at the main assistant manager, we're really tight, really close. And so I know that I am I am uh, safe from a lot of things uh, compared to other jobs where I was just easily disposable. I know I'm not really in that position at this particular job. 
So you want to so, advance at, at Michael's, but I mean, you just—I mean, I don't, I don't know if if there's going to be an opportunity for me to advance. I mean, I'd be want up you for it, degree or something. Uh, you know, up for it if if you know the opportunity arises. But for right now, uh, I'm just sticking through, you know, thick and thin, or whatever you know I've got going right now. Uh, you know, I might, I, I've, you know. People have mentioned things like, you know, tech jobs or whatever, you, you know, go do an office job or whatever and make more money at like Spectrum or something. And I, I don't even know what the whole details of that is. I'm not really a computer expert, so there'd have to be a lot of training involved with that. So I, I don't know. It's, it's just one of those things, you know, I'm going with the flow. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'm not going to look into completely, you know, trying to switch things around until this year is over. And, and at least you know until we get like a vaccine because i think like it's going to be difficult to switch or do anything i you, think your you know, options are you going know, to be very um, limited you know in, in this country once we get once we, we develop a vaccine there's going to be at least half the population that aren't going to take it because they're going to believe that it's uh, yeah, some kind I of mean, conspiracy i mean i already hear i already hear people talking about conspiracy theories about the chain shortage we're going through right like i had somebody at work say you know, I know somebody who works at, uh, you know, who's in the bank industry and honey, it's all a lie. You know, it's, it's, uh, I hate to tell you it, but it's, it, it's a, it's all a conspiracy. Well, that's like I'm the like, same with hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. You know, you, it, literally they've politicized a fucking medicine. If you're a Republican, you uh -huh. believe that it works. And that Trump is telling the truth. But here's the thing with the chain shortage. It's like, that's the lamest conspiracy ever, if if you ask me. <laughs> what, what what purpose does that serve? Annoying and, and, and making things more difficult for retailers. Well, I'm sure. And other people. I'm sure if you're, uh, t if you're, t if you take the, if you're taking the Christian viewpoint, the the thought oh, is. Oh yeah, the mark the, of the beast yeah, and all that they're shit. Phasing yeah. out, they're slowly phasing out you know soft and hard money to make way for an all a cashless society and then pretty soon uh it'll be easier for people to uh accept the idea of a mark on their forehead or on their wrist yeah no <laughs> first of all it, the, get the fuck out of here if given the bullshit. choice between a, a mark on your forehead or on your wrist who the fuck is gonna say forehead yeah, who's like, going to say that? Like, yeah. Who's going to take that choice? I remember as a kid, like, well, the like, guy who, you know, sold his forehead space uh, for, you know, uh, advertisers. Bum, Bumfights.com. <laughs> that fucking guy. Uh, everyone else? I don't know. It's fucking horrible. So, yeah, I, you know, same for me. I mean, like, uh, we, we're in, like, what, month four now of uh, month five, going into month five of, um, and bars the, are shut down of now, the pandemic right? and everything and yeah i mean you know it's 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 i don't i'm on the government titty still i'm still getting unemployment and you know i don't know i have no idea what the future holds for me as far as employment i have no fucking idea i know that there's going to be a lot of weddings that are going to come up because people have had to put off all their 2020 wedding plans oh yeah um so i know i'll probably be good on that area but as far as my weekly you know week to week gigs i have no fucking idea when that's gonna come gonna back. have to get a day job again nope that's not gonna happen part time that's, no <laughs> that's, that's not gonna happen
I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just fucking with you. Oh, I know. But yeah, <laughs> I'm not going back on that fucking rat wheel where my time is so much more valuable than, and no offense to anyone, but my time is so much more valuable with my skill sets than to stand in one place for eight hours and take people's fucking money, you know, and check <laughs> out their the merchandise. I have, I have not been doing that much at the register. Like I have not been on the register as much. I've been mostly on the floor um and and doing dealing with that and helping around you know and and, and with stuff on the floor i think it's because uh you know my manager and uh, all the other people who are doing the schedules i think they value me more on the floor right now plus we also have some people who are working at the register and no offense to anyone who is one of these people or knows someone who works with them that is you know one of these people but some people are just slow Let's be fucking honest here. Some people are just slow. They're not fast in terms of, you know, processing. Oh speed, my god, you of, you know. You're giving me awful World War <laughs> 2 style flashbacks of this old yeah. bat named Mary who uh only worked on Sunday and she only worked for like 3 or 4 hours. It, uh-huh. it was some kind of condition to yeah. where she couldn't collect some kind of government benefit and unless she technically uh-huh. had a job. So yeah. she would come in and for like three or four hours she would work only one day a week and she was slower than molasses mm-hmm. and just no personality, just dead inside. Oh my God. Uh, like, oh, just imagine, how are you doing today? Okay, good. She'd be Hey, Josh. <laughs> hey, Mary, how's it going? Oh, and she just kind of throw her hands up like whatever. And I'm like, all right, well, good to see you, too. God, I hope I die before I get your age, because if that's how people get, Jesus Christ, all all your your hope has. And and, and she still doesn't even have any words for anything. Yeah. It's just like, uh. yeah, she just gestures like ah, whatever. <laughs> and and like she still demanded her 15 minute break even though she only worked 4 hours she needed that 15 yeah. minute break so she could go outside yeah. and smoke her one marlboro ultralight and she would always bring a bottle of water that was wrapped up with like an inch thick of paper towels as some kind of make- makeshift koozie that absorbed <laughs> the water as the okay. Yeah, I guess as the water bottle, you know, got to room temperature, uh-huh. it would condensate or whatever. And she'd and she'd have a, a medium bag of the re- rolled gold pretzels, and uh-huh. that's and every single time she came in, it was that bottle of water wrapped up in the pa- the thick ass wad of paper towel and her pretzels, and then she'd go out, you know, predictably after two hours of working, smoke her cigarette, come back in, finish her shift, and then leave every Sunday. And she always wanted to take her 15-minute break right when I wanted to go on lunch. So I'm sitting there fucking starving. I'm like, all right, I'm going to lunch, Mary. Hold on. I got to take my 15. (laughs) And I just wanted to just just fucking uppercut her and launch her into the sun. Oh, my God. Yeah, she was so fucking just... I mean, she could handle it if there were, like, two customers in line, but if there was any more than two, I had to quit whatever I was doing to go and help her. It was so bad, man. That's the thing. Like, I was so traumatized by 
working shitty menial jobs that I, I just I, I mentally can't go back and do that again. Mm -hmm. I, I can't do it. I just can't. I feel a lot of people, you know, retail is just it's a nightmare for them. <clears throat> but, you know, I I've been one of those individuals that I don't know, just seems to be working out for me. Yeah, well, but, I mean, you know. I'm sure maybe Michael's is different. I don't know. CVS is just this, you know, the store. Well, I think I think it, it just depends on your coworkers. It depends on the environment. That's really what it depends on. It's it's not corporate is not by any means over here like that great. But you know, it, I mean, who's who's corporate is you know, who 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 uh has like corporate as like their best buddies? You know, their pals, right? Like, yeah, corporate can suck a dick. They all, <laughs> they all suck. Oh, man, I hated our district manager, Keith. His fat ass would come in, and he had this really annoying, like, Massachusetts accent. And he had that, like, cocky swagger, like like he thought he was the shit when he would walk yeah. in. Dude's, like, in his, like, mid-40s. He's still, like, spiking his can hair you, up with gel. Oh, man. Can you do, like, a impression of him? Uh, he'd just be like, uh, like for instance, one time, like the CVS, uh, ha we're always pushing this flu shot. So we were told by, well, I was off or called out or something the day that everyone got the memo. So I didn't get the memo. But all the employees were supposed to say, uh, thank you for calling CVS. My name is Josh. Have you had your flu shot today? I didn't know oh, that. That's so bad. Oh, I know. That's such a bad thing to, to say when you answer the phone. Yeah, so I just said, uh, hello, thank you for calling CVS, Josh speaking, how may I help you? And then Keith was on the other end, my district manager, he goes, why didn't you offer me a flu shot? And I'm like, uh, I didn't know I had to. He goes, yeah, you did. Let me speak to Felipe, your manager. And oh. I'm just like, you fucking fat piece of shit. I, I guarantee <laughs> you, he, I guarantee you he, he had like two or three sex workers that he ordered from Wayfair that came in a damn dresser in his fucking house somewhere. He, he's just a... He, he's, he's, he's probably one of those guys who like looks at Jeffrey Epstein and goes, Oh, now that's the life right there. If only I could have an island with a bunch of underage girls. That'd make me so <laughs> wicked happy. I'm doing, a Ooh, doing a pretty bad northern man. accent right now, but uh, yeah. I, I just hate those fucking... Uh, big wig, you know, thinking they're the shit, you know, with their hundred k a year, however much they make, thinking they're, you know, so they, they, just the the whole like uh, entitled, I'm above everyone here. Well, yeah, the reason why our previous store manager left is because she got treated like shit by these 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 uh, you know, corporate big wig guys that came in and had unrealistic expectations for the store that we couldn't keep up on because we didn't have the man hours, we didn't have the, you know, personnel, and, you know, we didn't have the time. And, you know, they, they didn't seem to get the context and didn't want to. And, you know, just broke her down, and then she was like, fuck it. Yeah. I don't have to deal with this shit. That's an unfortunate thing, well, man. Her. You kind of have to be like a bitch or a dick to get get to the top in those in those. Uh, if you're nice and sweet and shit, like people just take advantage of you. I think, you know. Well, I mean, I saw a study that actually does show that, especially with men. If men uh, show a vulnerability, uh, emotion, and they show these other things in a corporate environment, uh, they are uh, they tend to be ostracized. They tend to be. Uh, 
uh, unable to move up the ladder. We are still in that particular position, folks, all these years later, that we were when all of these jobs first came to be probably, what, in the, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, or whatever. It's the same fucking shit uh, decades later. This is a, a very casual Josh and Mike bitch about the corporate world cast. <laughs> it's the corporate cast. So no. uh, my bandmate Stephanie insisted that I tell another Kimmy story, the uh, pur- oh, okay. purple-haired bitch that spit beer on oh, me. Oh, nice. All right. Uh, you I, got more Kimmy stories? Yeah, I got another one from a few weeks ago. Uh, it's a little little outdated, but uh, it actually happened uh, like a week after uh, Kimmy spit beer on me. I just... Uh, I. I just felt she like she was being a drunk and I didn't she didn't actually physically do anything to me. So I didn't feel the need to tell it. But Stephanie was like, oh, you got to tell part two. And I'm like, all right. So we were at uh, this this um, club that uh, is only kind of open still that my boss owns in Jacksonville. And um, Kimmy was up there because she's kind of a friend of, you know, some of the people up there. So she's allowed in and um she got like really drunk and Stephanie's been practicing her German. Did I tell this story on the podcast? I don't think I did. Maybe I told it. Somewhere. I don't remember. Okay. It. So <laughs> Stephanie's been practicing her German. Uh, German. Uh, Kimmy. Have you been helping her? Kind of. And for those of you who don't know, I speak a good bit of German. So I'm trying to get my bandmate Stephanie to where uh, she can communicate with me uh, in German. That way we can kind of like. If we're feeling awkward in a situation, we can be like, "Hey, I want to go the fuck home" or something, and and we can just oh. we can just say it right in front of everyone, and you know, no one's gonna like, no one's gonna know what we said. So. Unless you have a German in the nah, that, that never ha- that never happens. Germans <laughs> Germans don't like the South. Um, so anyway, uh, Kimmy had been trying to hit on Stephanie all night. It was trying to make out with her and shit, and Stephanie wasn't feeling it because Stephanie doesn't tend to like drunk bitches. So anyway, like me and Stephanie are standing there, and Kimmy's like. Well, you guys are gonna go home and fuck, and I'm like, uh, dude, that's my stepsister, so please don't like say that yeah, kind of shit no. around me. <laughs> and then I said something to Stephanie in German. She goes, "Oh, you're fucked now. I know. I speak German. I, I know exactly what you said." And then I literally said to her in German, "I said you don't understand German." And then she she just goes, "Yeah, uh huh," and I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, exactly. I was like, you don't know what the fuck. You don't speak. Anyway, shut shut the fuck up. And she's like, oh, okay. Well, do you know French? Parlez-vous français? Oh, my God. And I'm like, no, no, I don't. She's like, yeah, uh-huh. What what I do? And I was like, all I know is je ne comprenez l'anglais or something like that. And she's like, no, no. And, and she like she thought saying no was like how you say uh, no in French, and I, I, maybe that's true. Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't know. But she just uh, she just sounded really cringy. It was like really cringy, and she was. I, I'm cringing just hearing this story. Yeah, and she's like, I also know Creole and I know German, and yet again, I said I said in German, I said you don't know German, and she goes, Yeah, see, I knew what you said, and I'm like. Okay. Okay. What well, did I say? Well, what did I say? <laughs> so yeah, she was just being really drunk and stupid. And then did, apparent- she, did she answer? Did she? You know, did she did she actually answer the question? You know, no. After she, you said, "What did I say?" No, she didn't. She kept skirting around the issue. She she kept she would either 
say, oh, well, do you know this language? Because, like, she just pulls some language out of her Oh, ass. yeah, so just deflecting. Yeah, she was just, she was just deflecting de- de- everywhere. Deflecting, yeah. So then that was pretty much... Stephanie just got pissed off at that point because then Kimmy started... Because Stephanie is a, Porter, uh, uh, a quarter Puerto Rican, and Kim, okay. Kimmy's like, oh... I bet you don't even speak Spanish and you're not Puerto Rican. And she's like, yeah, my grandma is. And she's like, no, she's not. And Stephanie's like, okay, I'm Ooh. not. She's like, I'm not going to have some uh, drunk person tell me that my grandma isn't, uh, you know, what my grandma is. So I'm going to fucking yeah. leave. Peace out. And Stephanie like stormed out. And then I, I left, you know, pretty soon thereafter. Then my friend who brought her up there after I left she like fucking got really drunk and crazy and at one point threatened to kill his whole family. Oh my god. And yeah, she was just ugh god. Whoa. Then the next day, Whoa. my friend had to tell her like everything she said and did and she's like, "Oh my god, I'm so embarrassed. I can't believe I said that to you." blah blah blah. She's like, "I'm I'm going to stay away from drinking. I'm going to go talk to my therapist." And then literally, like, last Monday, she was up at the uh, another bar drinking. And- you know, it's, it's kind of sad when you when you mention that, you know, the therapy thing. Like, maybe she really does have a serious, yeah. like, no shit. problem. <laughs> people, yeah. Normal people don't do that, that crap that yeah. she does, you know? I mean, she's, yeah, she's fucked in the head, man. So, yeah, there's another Kimmy story. So, anyway, this is a podcast about uh, unsolved mysteries and uncovering unexplained mysteries. Um, we'll be talking about two technically unsolved mysteries cases this week. One new and one old. Yes. And uh, we're going to start, before we get going here, you can um, join our group on Facebook, our uh, Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries fan group. Um, you go to facebook.com uh, in the search bar. You can just type in Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. You want to mention the merch? Yeah, so uh, I just talked to the shirt guy today, and he said that um, Thursday is when the shirts should be ready. Um, nice. I guess I didn't really clarify this good enough last week, but uh, if you, because I posted in the fan group to give me your size, and I said only give me your, your size if you're actually going to buy a shirt. Now, that didn't mean that if you didn't give me your size, you can't buy a shirt. Anybody can buy a shirt. I was just telling the people who were commenting that, you know, hey, if you're going to put comment with your size, you you better buy a shirt because I'm going to order that size for you. You know, so if you're giving me some weird size like extra small or 3XL that, you know, I'm going to get that size just for you because those sizes don't really sell that well. So if you tell because I remember the first time I ordered shirts for our podcast like three years ago, there were like all these motherfuckers that commented, oh, I'm this size, I'm that size. And I ordered all the sizes and then only like half the people actually bought the shirts that put their sizes in. So this time around, I was just trying to say that, hey, if you comment on this status with your size, then please buy the size that you put down because I'm going to get that size for you. But you know, I, I, I'm going to have the regular amount of sizes. You know, I'm going to have a lot of, uh, you know, mediums, larges, extra larges, uh, not as many smalls, not as many 2X or 3X. So, you know, those are kind of more limited, but there's only 50 total. And I mean, I'm going to keep one for myself. Mike's going to get one. I'm sending one to the lady who does our uh, Instagram and Twitter. 
and um, I'll send one to Eddie, who, who came up with the cartoon design of us. So, I mean, after, Stephanie's going to get one. So after those five, there's really only 45 after that. So um, it's going to be pretty limited. And if they sell out like gangbusters, I'll order another run. But, you know, they're, they're limited. And I, I will definitely let everyone know when they come out, because I want you guys to have these. And I, I'm hoping to God that they turn out good. Um, I made it very clear to the guy that, you know, how I wanted it to look. So, you know, it, they, they should be really dope. So anyway, um, yeah, so right now we're going to be talking about the Berkshire UFO, uh, case that this was the only UFO case from the new, uh, revamp or re re redo remake, whatever you want to call it of unsolved mysteries on Netflix. Berkshire, more like buttshire. <laughs> <laughs> you said but <laughs> uh yeah it it uh i think the general consensus among most people is that this was the most disappointing of all the new cases of unsolved mysteries and i definitely agree with that um the just the overall storytelling was so boring uh they didn't actually show any ufo in any reenactment yeah. No, they, they literally just used this really bright floodlight that was off camera, was, and 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 lens flares. Yeah, bokeh and lens flares was like their go-to effect for to to and convey the aliens. They had none of the creepy atmosphere or mood that a UFO segment, especially a UFO abduction segment, needs yeah, to really man. resonate. Like, shit, at least the old unsolved mysteries tried. At least they tried to show you like the UFO. When it comes to a UFO case, it is show, don't tell. Show me what you're talking about. I don't care about your words as much as I do the visual in combination with your words or show yeah. a visual and then show the word. The whole relying on all the, uh, you know, just people who are involved. Well, I've had people praise. I saw an article on, I think, Thrillist that praised this episode Ugh. because of its minimalism ah, because see. it wasn't like ancient aliens with cgi ufos or whatever and i'm like but it's a ufo yeah, that's, segment that's just their opinion you know like i know but like it's a ufo segment like if you're gonna give us a ufo segment give us a fucking ufo the reason me the reason lens flares and a floodlight and like super zoomed in camera shots and shake the camera every now and then and have it blurry, and ha and it's especially bad when you have the inner the person that's interviewed talking about what they're seeing, and all you were seeing in the reenactment is so many fucking lens flares, you'll go blind. Yeah, it was, and I'm like, how do they see anything? Like, how are they seeing anything right now? Because I can't see a fucking thing. Yeah, the difference <laughs> between something like this and Ancient Aliens, like Ancient Aliens, is a show that is really just postulating and speculating and theorizing about what an ancient alien technology uh, could have been in the past. Yeah. And unlike ancient aliens, these stories are talking about real abductions that happened to people in their experience. So it's like two totally different concepts. To So to conflate, you know, oh, the reenactments... You know, I'm glad they went minimalistic and didn't go an ancient aliens route. Well, yeah, the reason why ancient aliens is so cheesy is because it's speculation 
about you know it's basically fan fiction uh, with this kind of story these are people who are saying hey this really happened to me i have nothing to gain and everything to lose by coming on here and telling my story and you know so it's totally different so like having a compare this to the phoenix what is it the phoenix ufo yeah there's no comparison like that had you know interviews with people multiple different types of people from you know all different you know places and you know uh from around the area and and i'm sorry man had a really effective reenactment despite some dated cgi i'll give it that but you know was still effective with a lot of those with a lot of those old reenactments for the ufos a lot of times i forget i'm watching a reenactment and i'm just i i I get i get more immersed in the story because of the yeah. reenactment i kind of forget it's a reenactment and i almost feel like i'm watching it's cinematic yeah like yeah. a real like real you know almost real footage of what like happened. a tv movie or something yeah, yeah that's totally based on these people who are who they cut to who are being interviewed who are saying yes this really happened this they didn't even bother with you know the you know uh, a creepy uh, moody score either it was just droning nonsense that i don't even remember a single note of nope and all of the reenactment scenes in this particular episode ran together. They all looked the same. And, you know, people talk about how, like, the reenactments back in the original Unsolved Mysteries looked really cheap. How much, how cheaper is it to just get some fucking floodlights and not even show any animation, like CGI or anything, and you're literally yeah. just filming people in a car and some lights that are off camera? Yeah. That is way cheaper than anything unsolved mysteries and then did adding back a in the filter day. yeah adding a filter which you can you know, easily in do in you can easily do in final cut you know that they they have preset filters so disappointing can... and frustrating considering from the people who worked on stranger things like they can create <laughs> some really cool visuals and some really you know unique awesome stuff and especially sci-fi stuff and have a ufo segment you don't even you just don't even try. Like, they didn't even half-ass it. They, did, they didn't even fucking try. Yeah, it's terrible. Another thing, that I, too, that I felt, it felt like all the people that they interviewed were fucking weirdos in one way or another. Like, Well, there was that one, the one older gal, not the, not the one that was talking about, draw, you know, stay within the lines. And the, oh, he's slamming the, the, her hand on the, yeah. the, the table. <laughs> yeah, she was fucking weird. Uh, the, the older gal. Jane the Green. Mother, yeah, who left uh, the the town and and you know left her dream. That's another you thing, know, man. She's talking about know. like she had to close down her prominent restaurant because of the whole hey, all the UFO stuff. It's, this is the late sixties. Like things are. I don't it's know. A different time. I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if I believe that's the reason why, or if that if that's how it happened. That's just a little. It's like it's really? a small town. Word gets around fast. Yeah, I mean, I guess the small town angle, if everyone's, you know, because she was saying at the beginning of the episode, she's like, you know, this is one of those towns that if you change your diet from a donut to a roast beef fa- roast beef sandwich, everyone's going to know about it. So, I mean, that's kind of a weird comparison, but, um, you know, that's what she was saying at the beginning of the episode. Basically, I guess she was trying to drive home the point that this is such a small town that if you go around saying that you saw an alien spaceship, then people are going to think you're nuts and maybe they're not going to want to support your business. I don't know. I don't really. 
I don't. Was that the same gal? Because I think there was two different. There's like three different older gals. I yeah, think. there's a lot of old people in this in general because this happened back in the '60s and all that. Yeah, and, 1969. Yeah, there's a bunch of old people. I, I, their names run together, but basically. So yeah. with with this segment, I will give it this. Some of the you know interviews with some of the people involved, some of it is genuinely interesting. The problem is it doesn't have the reenact the solid even just average reenactments to really make these interviews pop to really make these interviews uh really stick with the audience in a way that is you know uh, is memorable it's just so forgettable it's such a forgettable episode and it's one of the shortest ones too it's only like 38 minutes yeah i i i was thinking about it like as i was rewatching it today and i thought like you know <laughs> i would take a lost love episode from the old show <laughs> over this episode any day of the week <laughs> Whoa! I would even take an episode, the the angel episode that Unsolved Mysteries did back Ooh. in the day. I would even take that Ooh. over this. Like this was just such a boring, uh, yeah. just two dimensional uh, episode that just just really. I mean, compare that to the first episode of the new series, the uh, Ray Ramirez. You know, he, yeah. he ends up, yeah. you know, jumping off the top of the you know Roosevelt Hotel or whatever. the Belvedere but I still Hotel. think there's some there's missing time. There's multiple different instances of missing time. But they don't there's, show it. Unlike the missing yeah, time. Yeah, they don't. Unlike I the know, missing time segment show on the on the original Unsolved Mysteries, they did such a good job with the creepiness and uh, you know, the dude being at the uh Doucher's market and him looking up in the sky and seeing a light, and then the next thing he remembers is seeing the light go away, and then he calls the base and they're like, Where have you been? And he's like, what are you talking about? I've been here the whole time. And it's like, we sent someone by an hour ago to look for you. I'm getting goosebumps right now just describing yeah. it. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Like, what? Like, how do you just, how do you fuck that up? How do you, how do you not understand that that's, that added so, the, the reenactments in these particular segments, like, add so much, you know? Like, how do you not understand that? I'm, I'm scared of what their ghost segments is oh, going to be dude, like. Oh, dude, it's going to be bad. If the, if the UFO one's like this, the ghost one's going to be that but ghost one's going to be bad. There'd be some blurry uh, like barely on one side of the screen like fuzzy looking ghost. Probably just going to be <laughs> this like blurry then they're probably not going to give it a face <laughs> or anything. Cuz like in the old unsolved mysteries they did the you know the the kind of the green screen effect where they yeah. su- superimpose the the actor mm-hmm. over the the scene and their see-through and all that and gr- yeah. granted that was pretty bad but um you know the ghost segments um the, the the ghost segments where they don't show the ghost and they just kind of show what the ghost does like in the um black hope curse those that to me was a lot creepier than actually showing a physical entity like in um i don't know any of the other ghost segments on the or original. the other or the other segment with the uh, where the light bulb explodes stuff like that yeah yeah or, sure. or the queen mary where they actually play yeah. audio recordings of the hull of the ship uh-huh. and there's all these this this noise where there's not supposed to be noise because it's a docked permanently docked yeah. ship and it's like yeah that shit's pretty freaky you know uh but to actually show the ghost like they did um in in uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah devil's back devil's butthole <laughs> oh! yeah it's pretty bad that fucking go- goofy doofus guy who was like uh you know 
The spirits are haunted have haunted this place before I was born, and when I die, I I jolly well will haunt this place myself. Like, ugh, <laughs> so cringe. Go, go take a nap, Uncle Steve. He'd be the lamest ghost ever. Yeah, you're you're. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he probably he probably he probably be doing all that. Oh shit! And then then some of the other ghosts would walk up to him, and be like, "Hey, man, come on, you know that's that's so like that's so stereotypical and kind of kind of offensive to us ghosts." Like, that's very old school, you know, like, it's offensive to us. Yeah, I know we're ghosts, but just because we're ghosts doesn't mean we say boo and go, oh, you know, get creative with it, man. <laughs> Find your own ghost identity. And, you know, I just imagine, I imagine ghosts are politically correct nowadays, too. I mean, fuck it, why not? You know, everything else is. So <laughs> imagine, I imagine ghosts get upset by uh, stereotypes just as much hey, as anyone else. we're not ghosts. <laughs> you know that whole sort of they come up with a politically correct term yeah yeah know. we're not ghosts Those we are, are living impaired <laughs> <laughs> oh man so there's a lot of impairments in this uh a segment but like i said some of the interviews do feature some genuinely kind of interesting stuff uh some funny you know uh uh instances of ridiculousness too like uh was the name is tom right and he's talking about uh i i had a, a voice in my head that told me to go away or run you know get out of there get out of where i was and then i started running and then you know i was running in place <laughs> it's just like yeah let me um let me let me get into this here so <laughs> On the evening of September 1st, 1969, an unexpected phenomenon occurred in Berkshire County, Massachusetts. You know, apparently, according to my mom, because uh, my mom's from Massachusetts, uh, she said one of the ways that people said it back in the day was Massachusetts. <laughs> I don't know if that was supposed to be an insult or what. Anyway, huh. uh, Massachusetts. That's kind of funny now I think about it. Multiple witnesses reported seeing strange lights and experiencing other strange occurrences. Some witnesses even reported being abducted and taken aboard a strange craft before being released. Again, I mean, even in the old uh, in the old UFO segments, people would at least describe what the inside of the craft looked like, but not this. You just get a bunch of bland crap. To this day, their experiences remain unexplained. The witnesses included Jane Green. Uh, she has lived in Great Barrington since she was 12. Her family was prominent because they owned the oldest Rexel Pharmacy in the Northeast. Tom Warner. Uh, that, Almost like you said rectal pharmacy. Yeah, my, I mean, sure. <laughs> That's a very specific pharmacy. I bet it stinks in there. Oh, that was lowbrow. That was lowbrow. Uh, that was shitty of me to oh. say. Uh, so Tom Warner, who I dub uh, mullet Donald Trump because uh, <laughs> he looks like Donald Trump with a mullet. Mullet Trump. Yeah, mullet Trump. Yeah. Uh, his family has lived in the same house in Great Barrington for six generations. He was the youngest of seven children. Uh, he was 10 years old in 1969. Then we have Tom Reed. Uh, he was born in Queens, but later moved with his family to Berkshire County. His mother, Nancy, had recently acquired a restaurant, the Village Green, located in the middle of Sheffield. It was a place where many locals gathered. At the time, she was a single mother trying to give her sons a good life. Nancy the, was the was the one I was talking oh, about okay. earlier. Yeah. Uh, Tom, however, never felt like he belonged there. And then we have uh, Melanie Kirschdorfer. She uh, lived, she had lived in Berkshire County since she, uh, 1957, and she was 12 in 1969. 
So at around dusk on September 1st, 1969, a day before my birthday, just for those out there who uh, want to buy me some gifts. <laughs> uh, sorry, that was weird. Uh, Jane was driving with her friend Mary DeGrace, now deceased, from Stockbridge to Great Barrington. While she was driving down the road, they saw a lot of bright lights ahead of them. At first, Jane thought there had been an accident and that the lights were from police cars. Uh, as she got closer, she realized that she could not drive anymore because the lights were so bright. She decided to pull to the side of the road. The car in front of them did the same. Jane so speaking of the car thing, here I know they didn't have the same budget as something like Ghost Encounters of the Third Kind. But if, you know, those of you who are listening have seen that film, that's a prime example of how you do a, a sequence with a UFO in a car in a way that is much more uh, impactful on the audience. Where you know the radio starts screwing up, starts getting screwy. The light, you see the lights, and they're so bright that you can barely see anything. But there's all this other stuff that's going on too, like all these things around uh, the the place where uh, Richard Dreyfuss's character is are just moving around, and it's just pure chaos. And so they could have gone that route, like maybe a homage to Close Encounters, but it didn't even bother to do anything like that. Another good, ex uh, if you want to do a car thing, uh, in Unsolved Mysteries, the Texas UFO. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. So that's another, you know, example of a, of a sequence where, you know, they're in a car and a UFO shows up where, you know, you can do that. They did it in the 90s. I mean... Yeah, I, and I feel like it wasn't a budget thing. I feel like they could have done that. They just didn't. Because they didn't, yeah, they didn't they do it. Didn't feel like it, or didn't feel like it was. I th I think they probably thought that this is a serious new unsolved mysteries. That stuff's corny. That stuff's cheesy, or whatever. And we're not going to even bother. Yeah, and I equate seriousness to boringness. Uh, well, yeah, especially if you got an over the top, outrageous, you know, unknown, unexplained story about an alien abduction. Why not go all the way? Yeah, I mean, honestly. I mean, it's already far-fetched as it is, you know? I mean, why not? So anyway, Jane and Mary got out of the car to get a better look. They saw a huge floating object in front of them. Uh, it was That we don't see. Yeah, they never, they never <laughs> at any point in this segment attempt to show said large object, so we have no idea what it could even possibly... You hear they're like silver, I think. They're like silvery, and they're like craft and they're like saucers I've, i i guess when the that's when all the you best hear. illustration of what this thing looked like that we get is tom warner's shitty painting that that's <laughs> when you know it's a bad the bad bad uh direction for the show when that's the only <laughs> illustration that they fucking have oh the shitty painting <laughs> dude that thing was comical he's like He's like, I, I wasn't going to show anybody this. Uh, I wasn't going to show anyone. I'm like, yeah, you, you probably should have kept it that way because that that looks awful. That that is that is that is a third grade <laughs> level painting of a alien abduction. I'm sorry to insult you, dude, but good lord. So anyway, didn't he comment on your video? No, it wasn't him. It was someone okay. else. Someone, yeah, someone did comment about that actually, um, and I didn't look into any of it because I don't really care that much. This case didn't do anything for me, so my appetite wasn't exactly wet to learn anything more about this. And it happened in 1969. I mean, that was so fucking long ago. Um, you know, if it was, if uh, Danny Gordon from the Withville, Kentucky uh, UFO segment reached out to me, I'd talk to him in a heartbeat because that was such mm -hmm. a fucking interest. I've tried to get in touch with Danny Gordon 
uh, been up to no avail um, because I would love to have interviewed him about everything that he went through. Uh, you know, he had, you know, a former yeah. CIA agent calling him and telling him mm-hmm. that the government's been watched. Anyway, I digress. And I- I'm talking about. Yeah, actual... see, that's the thing. He would just rather talk about. Yeah, other I would UFO just rather cases. talk about other unsolved old unsolved mysteries, UFO cases than this one, because they're so much better. Uh, so anyway, we'd probably even rather talk about, you know, Mexico City. <laughs> yeah, the the, the, the video, uh, the video. <laughs> they're just keys, man. They're not going to lie. Um. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> she she couldn't see what it was but she could see it was tall and immense she did not see any windows on it and did not hear a noise coming from it within a few seconds the object lifted up went to the left uh lifted up again and then went uh over the mountains at around the same time ta- is this the same uh instance where they felt like they were underwater mike you were doing some solid interrupting this episode oh i'm so sorry like remember i am <laughs> i am not 100 percent in terms of my brain hundred percent pure love what was your question <laughs> i was is that the same uh a segment that uh they were talking about how they felt like they were underwater like is that the same uh group of people or is that the other one uh, the other family i don't recall so anyway because i thought that was interesting an interesting anecdote is talking about how because i don't think i remember hearing that from other people talking about when they were you know, in the light of a UFO while they're in a car, that they felt like they were underwater. Yeah, I mean, you kind of hear about, like, you know, the suspension of gravity and stuff like that. As, yeah. You know, so, you know, that that could be, I guess, comparable to an underwater-like experience. At around the same time, Tom was at his neighbor Jane Shaw's house coloring. And this guy, <laughs> M- mullet Donald Trump, he, he thinks he's so clever, like, as he's being interviewed on this show, he's like, I was drawing. My medium that day was Crayola. I know, I remember. <laughs> I just cracked and up. I'm just like, oh, man, you are like, such a clever dude. You Like, like man, here is a witty... We got ourselves a, uh, a, a uh, regular uh, Michelangelo over here, just an absolute just master renaissance painter. Uh, I mean, with this medium of Crayola. God, that guy was just a doofus. <laughs> Who the fuck says that? Who's like my medium was Crayola? He was trying to. Was, he was trying to be like cheeky. I think you know. I still fucking crayon. I still don't know if I'm. I'm using the word cheeky right. Some Brits are gonna have to explain to me how to use it, but I feel like I'm using it right in that context. Apparently, cheeky can mean like seventeen different things. So, um, he was drawing and um. As it got for dark. some reason, they had to uh, make it known that uh, there was his mom was like really strict about him drawing in between the lines. This is where you are really stretching things with your uh, information and your interview uh, uh, elements for for your episode of Unsolved Mysteries. When you have like a, a segment, like a, a little you know bit that's just devoted to yes, uh, he was told to draw, keep in between the lines and it's like that's another so? thing man like i found my like like, like i was getting bored <laughs> with this segment dude like i was like as these people were telling i just felt like there was so much unnecessary information i found i found myself like yeah. zoning out at times and i had to like keep reminding myself oh you got to pay attention because you're going to talk about this on the podcast yeah. and then i'm like wait a second 
Why am I zoning out of an unsolved? This is my favorite show of all time. Why am and I? And it's a UFO segment. Yeah, and too. it's a UFO segment, which I have tattooed indelibly on my body. Why am I zoning out of a UFO episode? Because they're doing stupid shit like this, talking about harping on how she had him coloring in 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 the lines. But anyway, uh, so anyways, it got dark out. Uh, mullet Donald Trump as a kid, he went over and looked out the window, and then he heard a voice say. You need to go home now. Fearful, he immediately ran out of the house and across the front yard. Jane came outside and watched him run in place for about five minutes. He realized <laughs> he realized that he was not moving and knew that something was wrong. He turned to his left and saw a UFO drop out of the sky. A beam from the craft came onto him. As the light shone on him, his hands jerked back behind him. Uh, Jane saw the light around him and then realized he had disappeared. And he, like, you know, now old man Tom is illustrating how his arms uh, jerked behind him. And it's just so over dramatic and over the top. Yes, it is. I'm just like, I'm like, it's like, he's that, like, just, he, you can tell this guy wants attention, right? He wants, yeah. he wants to be, like, the center of attention. He wants to be, like, He's a character. He wants to be this big, dramatic dude who, like, you know, wants to make a big deal out of everything. And he's, Like, he even said, like, near the end of the episode, like, uh, for years, like, nobody believed me or whatever. And, you know, I, I want to be taken seriously in my community, you know, because I live here. You know, I've been in the same house for over 100 years. And, you know, I mean, not the same house, but, I mean, I've ha- I've... Six you generations know, have lived here. Six generations, you know, have lived here in this house. Which, um, first of all... Can you imagine, you know, I've been so, here for so, 122 years. But, <laughs> You'd be like, well, good for you, man. <laughs> I mean, that's my thing about, like, so what? You, you lived in the same place, like, you're, you, have, you come from a long line of people who are afraid to take chances and, like, move outside of their hometown. Good for you, <laughs> you know? Six generations of people who are too afraid to leave their comfortable little little uh hamlet there in massachusetts you know do you want a fucking award for that like good lord i hope my future generations get the fuck out of jacksonville maybe one day i will (laughs) i digress um so yeah but really with his whole story like I, I can totally see why people were just like, yeah, right. Give me a fucking break. Especially with that coming from that guy. Yeah. Yes. If any, literally anybody else had told me the same story, it would have been more believable coming from the, from that guy. And, and that's not even the end of his uh, shenanigans on this. Segment. But I mean, like, as soon as you hear, like, I was running in place for five minutes, you're like, get. Yeah. Like, what, like, like, like some kind of like roadrunner thing where roadrunner like <laughs> runs off the edge of a cliff and he's just running in place. And then he looks back and sees that he's not on the ground, uh, on the ground anymore or whatever, or Wiley Coyote or whatever. Or no, no, no. What happens is roadrunner runs off and then, or Wiley Coyote and then he gets abducted by an alien before he uh, falls down. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, like he didn't. Like, much like in old cartoons, when you didn't fall until you actually looked down and saw that you weren't on the ground anymore, and you waved and then you fell. Uh, it's like it's the same thing with this guy. He's running in place, but he doesn't actually get abducted until he looks to his left and sees there's a UFO. Yeah, that I mean that's what I'm saying. He even holds up a sign. Yeah. Hold, oh look, a UFO. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he holds up a sign that says, you know, tell my mom I love her, so bye bye or something like that. <laughs> Did he also pull out a gun and go to shoot someone and a little white flag came out instead that said pow? 
You know, like this is how cartoony <laughs> we're getting here. Did somebody? Did, he got abducted by Marvin the Martian. Yeah, did Marvin the Martian <laughs> plot a giant mallet and hammer him into the ground, and his teeth turned into piano keys and shit? You know, like I'm trying to think of all like the cartoon stereotypes that I can. Oh, um, so anyway, um, that same night, Melanie and her family went to the local Dairy Queen and got ice cream. Uh, they then went to Lake Mansfield, which was two miles from Tom and Jane's homes. As her father backed into the parking lot, a brilliant bright aura came around their car. Everyone in the car began to panic. Her father decided to chase the light despite Melody begging him not to. I love that one. It's like, why the fuck are you chasing a UFO? Like, like really? Like, I, I mean, if if I see that it's something that is clearly not of this earth, I'm like, I'm, I don't want to chase it. Well, get me away. I want to get away from this fucking thing. Why, why the hell would I all of a sudden try to be like, I'm gonna chase it. Well, it's fight or flight, and he decided that to fight, and rather than you know flight, he he was he was he took the approach that I'm gonna pull this thing over and kick its ass. <laughs> um. So she and her uh, sister began to shake in fear. Her sister did not remember anything after that. However, she remembered levitating and being on a ship uh, again, which we never see. Uh, she then remembered being laid out. Uh, they didn't even have any sketches or anything, right, you know, yeah, like like Allagash, where their sketches and the music and the narration just made that such a cocktail of awesomeness. Uh, Tom remembers seeing Melanie to the right of him on the ship. This is just a cock tease. Yeah, <laughs> this entire episode. Yeah, so now we have Tom is on the same ship as Melanie, and he even remembers seeing her on the ship. He recalled seeing total fear on her face. However, she did not remember seeing him. She recalled being in a room with several other children. Suddenly, the other children began to disappear one by one. After that, she woke up at the lake by herself. Uh, she then had to walk home. Um, meanwhile, Tom remembered at the same time being laid down on his back at the other end of the Shaw family <laughs> property. Uh, a beam was still surrounding him. His brother was behind him and yelled for him to run. However, he told him that he could not run because the beam was holding him down. The voice came back to him and said, I'll be done in a minute. Oh, this sounds rapey. Uh, within a minute, the light beam went off and he was able to get up. He turned and uh, uh, it, mullet Trump actually uh, yes, reenacts mullet, that moment. Yes, the only reenactment <laughs> we get in the entire segment, by the way, <laughs> mullet Trump at age 60, whatever, is like the beam pinned me down like this. And he like flops his fat ass down on the ground with his mullet and his hat and everything oh and he God. like and he like f like is like pressing his arms down onto the ground all dramatically and his legs down you know and it's just like did did you need to do that though did you need to do that 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 was so he wants to be the spectacle right he that's why he loses a lot of credibility with me because it's like well you're acting so dramatic right now like you're the exact kind of person that would make up something like this. Anyway. But I mean, the thing with it, with this case is, if it was just him talking about all of this, then I would be like, okay, this is bullshit. I wouldn't buy it at all. But there are other people, you know, for who, you know, aren't necessarily what related to him. And, you know, there are people in his family that are corroborating it, but then there's also other people who are just there from the town that 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 supposedly witnessed this and experienced this. So what do they have to gain 
by making it up or having the same sort of experience as 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 he does. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just got distracted by the most just boomer wannabe macho ad for t-shirts on to the right oh my God. to the right of this article. They are so bad. Check out some of these shirts. It says only two defining forces have ever offered to die for you. Jesus Christ and the American veteran. <laughs> I ain't perfect, but I do have a DD-214 for an old man that's close enough. I guess that's some kind of rifle. Built in the 50s, original and unrestored. Some parts still in working order. Hey, Snowflake, in the real world, you don't get a participation trophy. Not everyone is a winner. There are no safe spaces. Screaming doesn't make you right. No one owes you anything. Crying doesn't solve problems. Nothing is free in this world. People are going to say things that you don't like. You are not special. Yeah! Stick it to those liberal snowflakes. Urgh, Donald Trump! Anyway, sorry. This, yeah. It- well, hey, it's fate. Because you're talking about mullet Trump. Now you have the type of t-shirts... That you know, mullet Trumps would be would would uh would wear. Yeah, I don't know. So anyway, um, <laughs> after mullet Trump was uh, got up from the ground, he turned around and he watched the light disappear. Jane recalled that seven minutes had passed between the time that he was picked up and returned. Melanie and Tom did not know each other beforehand, uh, and when they met for the first time, she felt an immediate connection to him. Earlier that afternoon, Tom was riding in a horse show. This is the other Tom. Um, after being almost injured in a riding accident, Nancy decided that they were done for the day. They went to get dinner at the Village Green. They left at around 9 p.m. and decided to take the shortcut home through the Sheffield Bridge. The location is six miles south of Great Barrington. In the car with Nancy and Tom were her mother and his younger brother, Matthew. You see how boring this is already? I'm getting bored just reading this. When her mother turned around to speak to the children, she noticed a light rising from the banks of the Housatonic River. As they exited the bridge, Nancy saw a light ball hovering about two stories high. As it rose, Tom saw it fire rods of light. Matthew looked to the right and saw one orange orb coming towards them. As they slowly drove along, they noticed that everything was very quiet. They felt a pressure change as if they were underwater. There's your underwater part. There we go. The white sphere quickly disappeared. Then Nancy noticed a disc-shaped object hovering in the sky. It looked similar to a turtle shell. Tom said that it looked uh, about 100 yards long. Suddenly, the inside of the car lit up. It appeared as if daylight was inside there. After being silent for several minutes, the outside noises returned of, like, crickets and shit. This was the last thing that they remembered. Three hours later, they all awoke and found themselves still in the car. There's the missing time that they just all kind of gloss over. So, I, I will I will uh, give it this, at least the reenactments or whatever, you know, the stuff that, the B-roll that the show shot. The whole shot of the the field at night, you know, with the crickets that actually start, you know, uh, making noise again, or you know, the fireflies or whatever that start glowing. I thought it was a pretty, you know, nice looking shot, um, and and I thought that was admittedly an interesting thing that you don't hear very often when people talk about UFO uh, sightings. You know how like the outside world, you know, stops and then starts up again. When the UFO leaves, that was a little. That's definitely a little eerie. Now, that was a nice touch. Yeah. 
uh, you know, whatever. I already kind of said how I felt about all this episode in general. So I know, but but I just thought that that was like one of the only moments when they had a scene that cut away from an interview that actually gave me that kind of creepy, sort of eerie kind of you know vibe. I think this is I think this was one of the times where I like stopped paying attention because this episode just was not holding my interest. So I don't even. Josh was just. Yeah, I was just, just, just <laughs> mentally checking my phone or checking Facebook at that point, and it was just background noise. So to them, <laughs> it had felt as if only 15 minutes had passed. They had no memory of the lost time. This is very uh, typical in a UFO abduction, uh, missing time. You know, you don't remember, you know, what seems to be 10 mm-hmm. minutes is actually like two hours. Um, this is very typical. The next thing Nancy remembered was walking up in the front of the drugstore. Her mother was in the driver's seat and she was in the passenger seat. However, when she had the car uh, off earlier, she was in the driver's seat and her mother was in the passenger seat. Tom believed that they were placed back in the vehicle and not meant to remember anything that happened. Uh, Jane Green said that she was a non-believer of UFOs and flying saucers until that night. She recalled that after seeing the craft, she drove into Great Barrington and pulled over to the family store on Main Street. She and Mary were in disbelief as to what happened. She went inside the store and told her husband about their experience. He told her to report it to the radio station. She went there and met with Tom Jay, the director of WSBS Radio. BS is right. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) However, uh, he did not believe her. A few hours later, he was inundated with calls from other people. Tom Jay heard the calls coming in over his ham radio. He heard so many calls that he actually called the police department to see if they were hearing it as well. Then he got on the air and asked for listeners to call and report where they had seen the UFOs. He received reports in Pittsfield, Stockbridge, Lenox, uh, Egremont, and Sheffield, Massachusetts. He also received reports in Canaan, Connecticut. The calls were coming in from other groups of people that, in many cases, had never met each other before. It is believed that these reports have since been erased. Uh, strangely, the police department did not have any records of these reports. Nope. Sheffield resident Eddie Gilota recalled that shortly after the sightings, people told his father, the chief of police, about the flying object they had seen. The witnesses said that the objects were landing and taking off in fields near Sheffield. His father did not believe the sightings were genuine. However, Eddie and his friends began going out at night hoping to see the objects. They never saw anything. Tom Warner, mullet Trump, recalled discussing his experience with his friends. However, after a while, he decided to stop telling people about it because everyone thought he was crazy. People often avoided him in high school because of what happened. Eventually, he decided to paint his experience as a form of therapy. And they showed the painting, and it was it was something. A for effort there, buddy. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and this guy, Tom, that we've been talking about, this over-the-top guy, you know, pinning himself down on the ground, uh, you know, jerking his arms back, doing all these... I'll say this. He was one of the more entertaining parts of this, you know, train wreck of a segment. Right. He, he got to be honest. He, he, I mean, he makes this statement in, in the segment out of nowhere. He just goes in high school. I didn't date girls. Yeah. Like he just says that out of nowhere. Like, like, uh-huh. like as if he's trying to conflate the fact that he supposedly had this UFO experience. That's why girls didn't want to date him. One of the girls are just like, ew, alien boy. <laughs> it's like, Tom, I think it has more to do with your personality, man. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's, it's not like they're like, 
oh, you've been probed already. You know, like the stuff like that is just fucking, yeah, it's just like up. it's it's like it's like one of those people. It's like one of those guys <laughs> who's oblivious as to the real reason why girls aren't talking to yeah. him. It's like, oh yeah. None of those bitches. None, none of those bitches will talk to me because I got abducted by an al- you know aliens. It, it, it's like, dude, if you were, is that what happened to Giorgio? Like when he was a fucking kid, is that why he's always thinking about aliens all the time? He blames aliens for everything. <laughs> Shit, aliens have given him a very cushy career, and uh, oh yeah, you're right. You know, so I mean, he's got he's got. Well, this guy got on Unsolved Mysteries, so yeah, I don't think any of these people make any money though. Um, blah, 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 blah. But, uh, speaking of aliens, uh, and the abductions, I thought it was kind of funny that in the one case of that, uh, that family that felt like they were underwater with the pressure changes, that the aliens were sloppy and didn't put them in the right spots. Maybe the aliens were just like, ah, fuck it. You know, remember they were saying, like, we were at the wrong place, you know, uh, you know, we were at the, you know, at the right time. And I'm like, maybe it actually was just the aliens were like, oh, they're here. We got a quota. You know, we got to probe a certain amount of people during the during the night. Uh, fuck it. OK, I guess this uh, one. They... I guess this one went here. <laughs> this one went there. Whatever. Just fucking use that. They were like, use that warp speed function. That's tight as fuck, man. I love doing that. We can only do that so many times a day. Come on. All right. <laughs> I don't know. So I'm just thinking that that's how how it was. Like they were just at the end of their shift, and they were just like, "Fuck it," you know. Yeah, I mean, sounds like slo- sloppy. <laughs> I mean, the uh, the assistant alien manager, I'm sure, heard about that. <laughs> um, oh man. So when Tom re- uh, I said that, um, oh no, I didn't. Melanie recalled that her sister always believed her. She also told her told her boyfriend about it at the time and. He always believed her as well. At the time, they were the only ones that knew about it. Well, if they're the only ones that knew about it and they're the only ones who believed you, then, uh, you know. I think there was the other, there was that other older gal who, you you know, Nancy, and she was like, uh, or was it the other one that was like, oh, you know, I saw it, but, you know, I didn't want to tell my kids or, you know, whatever that that I saw too. Yeah. But... So it's one of those things that's like, I get why people are like, I don't want to talk about this, you know? Shit, I'd talk about especially, it. Especially teenagers. I mean, people know, I mean, if people know you and they know that you're someone that doesn't normally just like make shit up, you know? And, and you, you're not someone who like is over the top and you, mm-hmm. you, you, you say these things. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's like, why wouldn't you believe that person at that point? Like, why would they? But I think in another another uh, uh, reasoning or, or another thought process is that if they do talk about it, people might think they're crazy, or you know that they are telling that they are just kind of starting to lose it or whatever. Yeah, and I can understand. I mean, that. I guess you'd have to monitor the, their behavior like before and after yeah. the fact. Because I mean, if that's like the one isolated incident of them saying something crazy, then it's like, well, mm-hmm. maybe that they, maybe that did happen, you know. Yeah, I mean, if my mom told me that that she had some UFO experience, I would instantly believe her because she she would just never, mm-hmm. she's never ever said anything like that out of the blue before. So it, yeah. you know, there's certain people that I would absolutely believe if they told me. 
Um, and then there's other people that I wouldn't believe, like Kimmy. Like Kimmy. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, Kimmy's ass told me she saw a UFO. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure you did see a UFO there on your fucking 15th Jack and Coke. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, they also they interviewed the police guy. We already mentioned that. But I, I thought that's an interesting bit of information that they don't have any records of of. Uh, the alien abductions or or the UFO sightings. Um, this is the this is another example of like the information that they share here that is completely pointless. Like they show actually a scan of the the document that says like some guy was complaining about beer cans on his lawn or whatever. It's like what? Why do we need to know this? I, I guess he was trying to drive home the point of. Something as mundane as that got reported, but, you know, this big UFO sighting didn't get reported. So it was kind of like, I guess, you know, but then he had like the radio guy who was interviewed and he's all like, we don't well, I wish I had it, you know, so we could actually listen to the recordings and, you know, the call ins. But back in that day, they just recorded over everything. So we don't have any. Well, also too, you know, if you're if you're part of if you're riding the conspiracy train, you could just all you could say that um, it was reported, but the reports were destroyed. You know, oh, of course, and that and then the the other reports were put in. Yeah, like like uh, I mean, at that at that point, Roswell had already happened. You know, the government was already big on like covering up. You know, the down weather balloon. When was that other Kentucky one? That was in the, there was one in the seventies, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, the uh, the yeah, the Kentucky um, UFO, um, yeah, where where it crashed in like the, the bell, it crashed in the yeah. ravine. It looked it was acorn shaped, and the government came out and put in this big like ten by ten box and put it on a flatbed truck and sped away and said that they didn't find anything in the ravine when everyone clearly saw that they did and. You know that the ragtag group of uh, firemen yeah. and, and volunteers went down there and, and got to it before the government did. And you know, basically, what we're saying, folks, and what Josh is saying, because he's once again talking about another UFO case that was better. Unsolved mysteries that was better. Uh, you're better off watching those the the other unsolved mysteries UFO cases, like the ones from the Robert Stack. Yeah. You know, uh, even not, not even. The, I mean, and, and this is going to be a hot... Even Farina? This, no, 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 no. We don't talk about that. No, no. You're better off watching anything else besides the Farina ones. But I was going to say even, and I it's hard for me to say this, you're even better off watching the UFO healing segment where the little mini UFO flies oh. in through the window and, and heals the woman's body of the, the cancer. The battery's not included, uh, you know, UFO, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> the battery's not included. <laughs> I like that. That was that tick that that tickled me. That, Have you actually seen? It's a it's actually a film reference actually because there's these little tiny UFOs in that movie. Oh okay. Oh, I thought. Damn, I thought you were being clever there for a second, Mike. I am, but in a different way. Well, I mean, I guess the reference was. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, when Tom Reed, uh, different Tom, not tr- uh, uh, mullet Trump. When Tom Reed went to school, he would talk about his experiences often however this led to fights with other students about it nancy on the other hand did not tell many people about it tom remembered that many people in town treated them differently due to their experience nancy remembered that people tailgated her as she drove home one driver actually followed her up the driveway 
Disturbingly, one man jumped on a table and exposed himself to Tom and Nancy, saying, Well, if you want to see something out of this world, Nancy, I'll show you something out of this world. Which, I thought that was, like, kind of a crude detail to, like, put into this yeah, show at all. it really is. Like, like, the show had a tone. Can you imagine Robert Stack, like, ever, like, narrating... A moment like that. I mean, even if that did happen, and I'm, you know, whatever. I have no reason to say say that that didn't happen. Like, it's it's just it just felt like the tone of that was weird, sensational, sensationalist. Yeah, it was it was a weird to- it was a weird tone to like put into this segment. Like, it's it was kind of. I think, but I think why they did that is to really hammer home the 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 reason why she left. I think that that might be why they did that. Because I could get it, like, that could be, like, the last straw. Yeah, maybe. You know, like, you know, because that's, that would be pretty traumatizing and, you know, really just messed up for, you know, her. And honestly, for anybody to have to deal with that. And then on top of that, you know, her kids were getting, you know, raked over the coals and bullied. And it was just like, all right, I'm I'm going to leave this idyllic Norman Rockwell town Yeah, so Jane Green was relieved to learn that others had seen the UFOs because she was certain that no one would believe her. Recent stories about U.S. Navy pilots seeing UFOs has led her and others... That was real... That was padding. That was such padding to try to get this segment to be over 30 minutes. You think think so? You know? Yeah, because that, that is stuff that, first off, for us, it's like, okay, we already covered that. (laughs) <laughs> you know, on, on our, and most people already have read about it, and it doesn't really tie into anything. And then you have this guy at the gas station who's, you know, a character in himself, you know, talking about like it's real, like, you know, uh, it, it's just like, why not necessary? Doesn't really connect eh. it to that, that, that part. Didn't it. bother me that much, honestly. I thought I thought it was kind of cool that that they they were trying to be as up to date as possible with the you know breaking information like you know eh, i mean i guess it's just one of those things it's it, it, it's it just felt like it was something that was just thrown in as an afterthought i don't think it was it was just like oh my god this segment this episode is so barren we don't have much of, we, we we really need to get this to be at least close to 40 minutes I, and well running time. i can tell you right now i'm <laughs> sure the producers were stressing out over this one because it's like okay yeah. we have we we can't we're not allowed to really film this uh in any way that because i i guarantee you the 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 kind of some of the guidelines or the rules were like you know we're trying to separate this show from you know some of the critiques that people have made about the old unsolved mysteries how the ufo segments looked really bad with the cgi ufos and all that so we have these these boundaries that we can work within for doing the reenactments. And so you can't show a bunch of reenactments, yet you're talking about something that is very visual with UFOs. Mm-hmm. And all we, we don't have a host, and all we have are these people uh, who are wacky, and it's like, fuck, we have to make this 45 minutes. So yeah, maybe it could have been padding. I know that this would have been a really hard... Uh, it wasn't even 45 minutes, like, Thank God. Yeah. Like, if this actually was 45 minutes, oh my God. Like, I don't even know what they would have been talking about. Potato salad, fucking <laughs> random shit. Talk about the fucking 
ice cream, exactly what kind of ice cream they got at Dairy Queen that night. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> this episode sucked. Yeah, so, um, anyway, fucking feels like this, this wiki just goes on for fucking ever. So, um, um we're not alone, though, on, on this episode, because there are actually some, there's this, uh, Twitter link that's, uh, shared on this website I'm looking at, and it's pretty funny. Obito on Twitter says, please, for the love of humanity, everyone just skip the fifth episode of Unsolved Mysteries. It's about UFO in Western Massachusetts. It's boring and not worth your time. Wow, gra- cool. I'm glad that... <laughs> glad I'm not the only... We're not the only ones who thought that. The theories about, you know, what happened or, you know, the, the potential ulterior motives from people is actually more interesting to me because I'm hearing that some of the theories are... That it's a big hoax that all the towns were in on. Well, Tom Reed... Another, was, wasn't Tom Reed, like, trying to uh, sell... Didn't he write a book or something? Maybe, yeah. I don't know for sure, though. Another theory suggests that the whole county was spiked by hallucinogen... Genetic. Uh, yeah, uh, hallucinogen. Perhaps by a bakery. And that's just... That's, uh, that's out, out there, but... <laughs> That, that, you know, I'm more I'm more curious about that, like the how how you could actually pull that off, like spike some town with the hallucinogens. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't. I, Be kind of like the the uh, what is it the CIA thing where they were messing around with uh, LSD. Oh, and the water supply. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So anyway, but let me apparently just... the Great Barrington Historical Society listed listed the Berkshire UFO sightings of that night as a historical event. And this link also mentions that there are plenty of letters and drawings on record, but none of them are, are mentioned or shared or shown in this segment. And that seems like a huge missed opportunity to me. Let me finish reading this wiki article, and then we can kind of talk more about that other stuff. Um, Melanie noted that she had no reason to make up her story because it was not a fun or positive experience. Tom uh, Mullet Trump stated that he feels better now that more people are coming forward with their experiences. And Jane hopes that people will be more open-minded about UFOs and their experiences. As far as the investigation, there's a little investigation tab here. Berkshire historian Gary Laville looked into the case but could not find any reports of any UFO sightings in the local newspaper for the month of September 1969. He believes that it was not reported because people thought that it was a joke or scam. In fact, he talked to a local editor who said that he heard about the sightings but thought they were fake, so he did not put anything about them in the paper. The case uh, was first released on July 1st, blah, blah, as a Netflix Unsolved Mysteries episode. But yeah, no, that Twitter comment, very, very on point there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> very boring. Um the weakest. I'm pretty sure some people are boring, just are bored, uh, just listening to us talk about yeah, it. We I, apologize. I mean, I will say this: that if if this had been the tone of the rest of the segments on this new Unsolved Mysteries, I wouldn't be interested. Honestly, I really wouldn't be interested in watching the new Unsolved Mysteries. It still wouldn't be as bad as the Farina ones, but I just probably would skip it. And and at that point, it, it truly would be unsolved mysteries in, na- yeah. in name only um why do you think that that this uh, particular episode didn't include these letters and drawings if they actually exist 
Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the process would that one one has to go through to. Because I think uh, if if it's one of those things where okay, it's difficult for them to get clearance. All right, I get it. But if it was it wasn't really that difficult to do, and they're just being lazy and don't want to bother to like deal with the scanning them or getting them ready for showing on camera and so on and so forth. Um, that's a huge missed opportunity, and I think that would have helped. Uh would have made it so it doesn't rely upon the visual aspect of this uh, this particular episode is not relying upon these shitty reenactments that look like they're directed by J.J. Abrams with all the fucking lens flares. Yeah. So, uh, and also, you could have had more of that stuff instead of, like, the, oh, well, this document was, uh, you know, they, they mentioned this in the paper. Like, that bit's okay, where they actually mentioned that Oh, in our local paper, they mentioned the the recent unveiling of the uh, military, you know, documents about UFOs. Which okay, that's fine because that actually connects things together. Um, but I I would have been I would have liked I'm I'm curious about these letters and drawings like other people. You know, what about these other people that maybe they're no longer around? The people who called in to the radio station. Yeah, maybe who knows. Who knows? But yeah, uh, disappointing, lame. <laughs> I mean, even some of the, yeah, like you said, the medical, the UFO healing one is, is, is better than this. Yeah, which, you know, the whole thing is like, of course, when I heard about, you know, the, the revamp or whatever, or the, you know, them redoing Unsolved Mysteries, and then they mentioned that, yes, there is, in fact, a uh, a, a UFO segment. Like, I was really stoked about that, you know. And then, so was and I. then to see this and the whole, like, leaning on, like, the people who were involved to, like, carry all the weight of everything. It's just not, I don't know, for, for the murders, it's fine. And because at least with the murders, they kind of can, they can show. Lo- oh, that's real. They show. Lo- <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. They, they can show locations. Yeah, they can, uh, you know, have like professionals who are involved in the case. They can have the home videos yeah, and stuff like yeah. that, and all this other stuff to, and pictures to connect things. But with the UFO, it's kind of like you, 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 you really kind of need some show, show me something. You know, it, it doesn't really, it doesn't really do anything for me if you're just showing a bunch of old people on the screen, um, and and they're just talking about something you know you really need to show and then pair that with your story all right so i guess we're done bitching about uh episode five of new unsolved mysteries we complained so much about it that it's gonna be the entire episode so how do you like that but now (laughs) uh 31 year old bitching josh is now going to revert back to 15 year old bitching josh in the perks of being a josh flower this is a, a bit that we do on the podcast where I read journal entries from when I was 15 years old. I used to write in this uh, online diary called Zanga.com. They are defunct, I believe. They're not they're not around anymore, or if they are, it's not in the same way that they used to be, where it was just an online blog that nobody read except me. Oh, yeah, it's Zanga 2.0. Um yeah, I don't feel like reading all this. Okay, so I guess the website's still around, but something different. Anyway, 
I uh, they gave me the option to save my when they when they revamped the website or changed everything they got rid of everyone's pages and they gave you an opportunity to download all your old journal entries as like this XML document so I did that and I just found them a few weeks ago and I've been reading them on the podcast and you people out there seem to get joy from my pain so here we go this is from Saturday July twenty fourth two thousand and four. Hey, Zanga, I'm going to go see Napoleon Dynamite tomorrow. Oh, my God, it's going to be so rad. I remember being so excited for that movie. Like, I saw a preview. Was it sweet? I saw previews for it on the MTV Movie Awards. Like, and just from the first few scenes in the preview, I was like, this is going to be one of my favorite movies. Like, I still have not seen that film all the way through. I've seen clips. I've seen the memes. I've seen all that stuff. I haven't seen all the way through. All the way through, and I think part of it is because I was—I don't know. I, I looked at it and I was like, it reminded me a lot of some of these other, you know, uh, dumb, you know, kind of fun movies with these kind of protagonists that are kind of like, for example, Bill and Ted. Like it had that sort of Bill and Ted thing to me, and I was like, I didn't think it was really as as uh, endearing to me. Um, but it's one of those things that I, I'm willing, I, I actually do want to, you know, give it a shot one of these days. Um, but it's just a film that, I don't know, it just seemed like it was already overplayed for me, especially in high school, uh, before I, I even saw the movie. It, you know, it, it was one of those it things. It got overplayed because it was so good and it was so different. When I, mm-hmm. I saw it before any of the hype got built up, it came out as like this indie movie that hit yeah. theaters, and I, it, I, I want to say it was the first indie movie I had ever seen in my life. So I, I didn't know anything about like how film techniques, you know, like indie movies yeah. are different. The the budget isn't as high. Uh-huh. You have to make do with less. Uh, the characters, the the world that Napoleon Dynamite lived in, somewhere in the the flyover states in America, where there's just cornfields and that's it and it's this like nerdy guy but he's like totally oblivious to how much of a nerd he is and then at the end of the movie he redeems himself with his dance number i just uh-huh. it was a great i the the day it came out and this is the only movie i've do, i've ever done this with i saw it three times the same day the day wow. it came out yeah we we me and my brother we all loved that movie like i still do mm-hmm. to this day I just I've seen it so much. I know every sequence in that movie. Um, it would be worth watching for. I would like to see it with someone who's never seen it before, just to see how they react. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I, I really was. Ex- I'm I still stand by my liking of that movie. All right, back to the journal. Uh, gonna see Napoleon Dynamite tomorrow. Oh my god, it's gonna be so rad. And I'm thinking. I, and I think I'm getting a new damn base tomorrow too. Oh my god, this is gonna rock. And I've been practicing for the show. And um. That's about it. There's bug spray on my legs now, and it's all sticky, and I have to shower. This sucks. This sucks. <laughs> okay, well, I guess I'm going to go. Of Bye. <laughs> knew it. I knew it was going to happen. You know, that's just the roller coaster of, of the Josh Flower Diaries. Yep. You know, it's the whole, like, Feelings, it, it, this is awesome. This is so cool. This is going to be so rad. This sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's right. Uh, all right, let's see here. Yes, let me see. Got some comments. Blah, blah, blah. 
Uh, Monday, July 26, 2004. Fuck. Yes, fuck. This describes how I'm feeling. Well, I got a haircut. To- I get a haircut today, and my concert is still August 7th. But school is fucking two weeks away. Oh my god, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I seriously cannot do another year of school. I know I say I'm bored and lonely when I'm here, but I'm fucking miserable when I'm at school. Well, three more years of this bullshit. I'm pissed now, and I have to go get a haircut. I'm supposed to meet up with this girl. Uh, this girl up at the mo- I'm supposed to meet this girl up at the movies Friday, so that will hopefully go good. Oh my god, I cannot handle another fucking year of school. I'm so sad! With a million exclamation points. (laughs) In my defense, though, I did hate school so very much. But here's the thing. I just find it funny when you're like, you're talking about how sad you are and you're using exclamation points. In like all caps. I I am screaming my tears at you. (laughs) I don't know why I didn't like emo music because I was like the, the target audience for that shit. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Get in, get into some uh, cure. You know. The- <laughs> Thursday, July 29th, two thousand four. I have gotten to the point to where I have nothing more to say. I have already expressed my boredom. I have already expressed my loneliness. What the fuck else do I have to say? I hate rap and I hate anyone who likes it. If you have a problem with it, you can call this hotline number one eight hundred. Suck my nutsack, you pretty stupid environmentalists being something you're not just to get girls horny ass motherfucking bitch okay wow so i have nothing more to say i'm bored i'm lonely and by the way everyone i hate rap and if you like it i hate you too that that was my train of thought at that point um what was the other train of that was that a comment where it's just like bitch you know no all, all that was the that was my post that was what I had to say that day. So the next day was Friday, July 30th, 2004. I wrote in this shit like every day almost. Hey, stupid Zanga. I always insult Zanga. It's just a website, dude. It's not doing anything to you. You just write in it. Why are you insulting the website? Uh, anyway. Hey, stupid Zanga. Well, today I went to the movies with Steph again, and it was pretty cool. Um, dot, dot, dot. I, dot, dot, dot. Saw Nat- Napoleon Dynamite for the third time today. And, like, I went to get romantic with Steph, but she won't let me. She's got a damn boyfriend, and he is getting in the damn way very badly. I wish she would just break up with him, but yet I don't want her to be sad either. And I know she's happy with Ethan, but I like her a lot. I just wish that she had never met this kid because, uh, damn it, this is making things really hard for me. I said really hard, dot, dot, dot. So, um, yes, band practice tomorrow, exclamation point. Yes, this rocks. I get to go with my new bass, but school is one damn week away. Ah! I cannot take this anymore. (laughs) The stress of school, but school might have its good points. I just sure as hell can't see them, and I think I damaged my ears because I keep hearing this buzzing sound, or at least I did. Well, um, I guess I'll talk to this stupid shit page later. Oh, and environmentalist, you fucking suck. Your views are totally warped, and you know who I'm talking to, bitch. Who is environmentalist? Yeah, exactly. And why am I so angry at them? <laughs> environmentalist? Did I have something against the environment? <laughs> I, that's so weird. It is. Inverted crosses are part of my religion, just as crosses are part of yours. You see how it works. 
just because inverted crosses are not a part of your religion doesn't make them a part of everyone's religion. So, as I was saying before, respect my beliefs, I respect yours. Was What? Oh, this was the environmentalist who commented. Oh! Whoa, okay. So it was a goth environmentalist. Maybe. Uh... They, what a combo. they also commented, like, dude, Josh, why do I suck and why do you hate me? You know you love me. He, he. Okay. Um, that is, I can't, I just, I just and a goth environmentalist. Those two, it just seems like an oxymoron to me. And those, it just doesn't seem like something that, that meshes. Sunday, August 1st, 2004. Sucks. I'm so bored. <laughs> Damn, this is just a wasted day. I haven't done anything today, and I saw. An- Did you just start out with just sucks? Yes, I started like not like it sucks. No, it just sucks. I just started out with sucks. <laughs> I saw an Aquafina oh, commercial that said, "The more water I drink, the better I feel." And I just drank some water, and I think I'm gonna throw up. I want some damn Cheetos. I want some really bad. I- <laughs> I'm gonna make some food. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody get young Josh some Cheetos. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Oh my god. I was like such a caveman. Like how how did that brain still live in this head right now? The person who's talking. Sucks. Cheetos. Sucks. Water. <laughs> Friday, August 6th, the day before my show. Ooh. As I think of my life, my wealth, my family, the only thing that comes to mind is disappointment i mean i love my mom but my dad he's just abusive to say the very least and well i'm tired of the pain the physical and mental anguish that i go through day after Whoa. day damn I'm getting deep here so you know some people could tell if their dad was abusive but not me he was always abusive so with this gun in my hand sitting on my bed with this expensive what? laptop that i just got i will shoot myself in the head I hope my cerebral fluid what? splashes all over my walls and my gr- brains go with it. Well, the ultimate painkiller is finally here. Yours truly, John Reamers. Bang, fucking, bang, boom, blast. <laughs> uh. <laughs> that was a comment, right? No, that was a journal entry I made. What? So, John Reamers, I, I probably shouldn't say this because, like, I had. I tried, like, hacking back in the day, like, hacking people's computers, like, basic hacking. And I got on this database, and I saw this guy's name, John Reamers. uh, And ever since I saw that name, for whatever reason, that's been my alias for any any form where I don't want to put my real name. I always Uh put John Reamers. And I, I guess that started back when I was a teenager. And the only thing I can imagine with that post was I was acting like I was in character or something. Like, maybe I was trying to, like, write some kind of a fucked up fan fiction. I don't know what that was, to be honest with you. My dad wasn't... Yeah. I mean, my dad was abusive in, like, a a um hands, hands-off way. Like, he treated his body like shit, and I had to see him degrade over time, and, and uh-huh. eventually he died. And, you know, I know that fucked me up as a teenager, seeing him abuse pain pills and pass out in his food and shit so yes he was abusive in that way but not not in all this shit so i don't know i don't okay. know what that was that was fucking weird like you don't even remember that right you don't even remember writing that so this is like 
you know, pretty shocking, probably. Like, And then I commented, I didn't really kill myself. I'm just that sick. And then, then I commented and I said, this is Joshua's mother. Please don't write anything here anymore. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> yeah, what the hell? <laughs> God. And then that one—that's the first one that really made left me speechless. Some, like you're just—that's like, some like hardcore Elliot Roger energy. Yeah, really. Sunday, August eighth, the day after my show. You would think there would be this long post, and what does old Josh have to say? Well, I had my concert last night. It was awesome. I thought I was going to be nervous, but I wasn't. It was good. You should have been there. That's it. That's all I had to all say. Right. <laughs> Is that the one that's on video? Yes. Yeah, that was the one. I po- you're in the back. Yeah, I post. It's you know. I posted that in the group last week. So if you want to see that concert that I kept talking about, you can. Uh, if you can even see, yeah, you Josh. can't really see me. <laughs> Because it's a it's a VHS uh, rip, and uh, it looks like the venue he was at was already like really dark, and then there's all this smoke and stuff. So like Josh just blends into the background and becomes one with the darkness and the smoke for most of the okay production. So this is gonna be the last one, and this this one's gonna be a doozy. I already see a lot of people commented on it, so. Uh, the the hair flip is about to begin. I'm assuming I went back to school at this point because I think I waited till uh, it's this is all the way till the next Saturday, August 14th, Saturday, 2004. Okay, so I have given up on girls. I seriously have. Like the only one I could go out with is Steph, but she's got a boyfriend. But besides her, I'm done. Okay, like I swear, this is no joke. Every single girl I talk to gives me the biggest fucking runaround I've ever heard about why they don't want to date a fat, ugly loser like me. These are the reasons of bullshit or the ROB they give me. I guess I want to abbreviate it. Reason number one, I got a boyfriend right now. And then I put in parentheses, most of the time they don't even have one. Reason number two, I don't like it. I don't like anyone right now. Meaning in girl terms, quote, I don't want to go out with a fat, ugly loser like you, fat ass. Go fuck off. I like a skinny, hot guy who plays football, end quote. Reason number three, I don't know. I'll think about it. And then I put in parentheses, this is the one who gives fat asses like me the most hope. But in the end, it just means that they don't want to go out with a fat, ugly loser like me, end parentheses. Reason number four. You're too much of my friend, parentheses. This means the same as definition two and three. Reason You got friend zone. Reason number five. <laughs> you're just not my type, in parentheses. Same as reason number two and three. Reason number five, part two. Oh, you would be cute with, in parentheses, and they usually pick the fattest, ugliest girl they can think, and they think that since you're fat, of course you have lowered your standards, because obviously there's something wrong with you, in parentheses. Reason number six, I like someone else, in parentheses. There is no one else. She just doesn't want to go out with a fat ass like me. Reason number seven, I like someone from my church. I write in parentheses. First of all, you shouldn't go to God's house to find a cock that you can suck. This, this, (laughs) This also means the same as reason number two and three. Spicy. Yeah. Um... (laughs) And this is the reasons, these are the reasons of bullshit that girls will always give me because I'm not perfect. Okay, just because I'm fat means I'm worthless and I don't deserve anyone like me. Uh, And just because I'm not your fucked up fake definition of hot, I'm just a piece of shit. Fuck all girls except Steph. 
Fuck you all. And yet again, Lisa, please don't comment here because when I'm ranting like this, you usually make some smart ass remark about how pathetic I am or something sarcastic. Bye, fuck everyone. Oh my God. <laughs> Mega hair flip at the end oh, of that. Oh, dude, one. I was like broken. I was broken. I do not recommend um, uh, growing up and, and being overweight and being uh, sassy at the same time because those two, uh, they, apparently you, you have a 15-year-old Josh when those two things come there. So, so Stephanie actually commented, and she goes, I'm sorry, sweetie. Cheer up. Go to Baldwin. Duh. You need to get the hell out of Trinity. That's all it is. It's Trinity. If you get out of Trinity, I swear you would have it so much better. I fucking believe that, too. Because Trinity yeah. was a private Christian school, and she went to a public school oh. called Baldwin. And if I had gone yeah. to a public school, I know shit would have been different for 15-year-old Josh. Lisa did comment on this, and she goes, Okay, well, I'm going to comment anyways. For one, I do not make sarcastic jokes, because what I was going to put was very different. But you know what? Screw it. There, There is no point, because you will turn it around on me anyways. Because you make fun of yourself. You're mean to yourself. So why am I going to say something nice or try and help when you do it to yourself? I commented anyways, and I don't care if you don't like what I put because I will put whatever I want. Okay, okay. Uh, Isn't she the one that uh, was you know trying to help you? Yes, and I treated her like complete shit, and uh, I just sucked as a person. Like literally, I did not have much redeeming value back then. Um. Someone comment. You were persistent about your love for music, though. So there's yes. That. She also commented, or someone commented, "Ah, poor Joshy. I'm sorry. I don't like school either." Hey, speaking of school, where are you? I sit somewhere in the back of church, so I see you in chapel, and you weren't there. Shocked look. Anywho, but I'm bored. Bye. All right. So anyway, that's that's uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the Josh Flower Diaries. There, I was a fat, angry young man, and uh, it was everybody else's fault except mine. Uh. I didn't want to be seen as the fat, ugly guy, yet I had no problem devaluing women who were fat and I, oh, yeah. who I perceived as ugly. So, like, but, you know, you see you see the fucked up logic there? Like, I want people to treat me better and, and see me for who I am, but yet I don't uh-huh. even want to extend that. Well, that's the kind of stuff that doesn't come through your head when you're, you know, angsty teen or whatever. Like you're just it's all you know about right. you. It's about your situation. Just so self centered. You're not thinking about other, yeah. other people. Right. Yeah. So just cringe, cringy as usual, hair flippy as usual. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like Sucks! Yeah. You could like you can totally see like like uh, um an an incel in the making there. Well, I was an incel back then. I was completely a fu- I mean, look at that weird fucking post where you took somebody else's identity and then killed myself. Yeah. Yeah, that was fucking weird. I, I I'm so like I'm so annoyed that like I couldn't I couldn't be or I couldn't have been like one of those like 15-year-olds or 16-year-olds who are like already like mature and smart and have their shit together. I was the most immature little bitch boy in the world. And I'm I'm like, man, because like I feel like I'm pretty mature now and I have my shit together now, but like why why did it take I was just tr- I was terminally shy, you know. I didn't have any self-confidence. At I mean, age. neither did I, but I had no self-confidence because I was, you know, I didn't like what I saw in the mirror. But, well, yeah, I mean, but 
you know, you were still like willing to post on. So I didn't get a Facebook account until like I graduated from high school. So well, long, well, you know, multiple years. Well, that afterwards. was what was so and, conflicting for me was because I wanted so badly to be social and I wanted to be accepted, but I just uh-huh. they, people wouldn't give me the attention I craved because I I felt I said it was because I was fat, but looking back, like it it was probably that that awful attitude that I was harboring inside myself all the time. I'm sure women read that like a fucking plain as day that I was Well, some... also it didn't help, you know, my Asperger's made it so I had a hard time picking up on social cues. So I couldn't actively really notice or really see, you know, if, if anyone was actually trying, you know, to get my attention in that way. At that, at like, that I, age... I, I did not know. At that age, it's pretty rare for... And I didn't, I didn't know in high school either. See, that's the thing, because it just, things were just... Still at that point where uh, I I just couldn't pick up on those cues. I mean, I went through high school thinking, you know, like nobody, you know, for the most part, you know, really noticed me that much, especially girls. And and I remember one time where there was a girl that I saw in downtown Portland, you know, whatever, a year or, or something like that after I graduated. And, you know, she said hi and stuff. So it's like, it's one of those things. It's like, I didn't really think, you know, nobody, you know, nobody really paid attention to me but i think you know i i guess more people knew about me than i thought and i just because i never really had the confidence in myself i just it just never really you know happened and i'm looking back at it and it's just like i i just so many missed opportunities because i just didn't know it's so it's honestly pretty frustrating for me you know that's a pretty stressful thing because it's like i just did not know I didn't even know what to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess the the point, the takeaway is that we uh, both have improved and gotten better, and that's the whole point of living life is to live yeah. and learn and and, and mm-hmm. do better, become better. You know, all that kind of stuff that all that cliche crap that people say whenever they get caught in a sex scandal or something. They always say some phrase <laughs> like that. I'm learning. I'm listening. I'm I'm going to be better. I'm going to do better. You know, um, but but it's true in this case, like uh, I am miles and miles and miles away from that person that I was back then. And um, it's just entertaining in some sick way to like keep going through all these with you guys. And I'm thinking to myself, if I if we keep doing this podcast, there's going to come a point where we will literally go through all of my teenage years pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and you guys are gonna know the evolution of Josh and and what formed me. So look forward to that. Anyway, this is the end of the podcast. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. You can go like our Facebook page, Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. You can let, join our Facebook group. Um, I already told you how to do that at the beginning of the podcast. Consider becoming a Patreon. Uh, you can do that by going to Patreon.com/slash Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. Uh, for $3 a month, you get the podcast early. Um, for $5 a month, you get the podcast early. And you get to tell us what you want us to talk about on the show. Uh, for $1, you get fuck all, but you get a nice pat on the ass and a wink. I will actually send a video of me winking at you if you donate a dollar. Um, and we are also on YouTube. Me and Mike are very passionate YouTubers. Um you can find Mike's YouTube channel by going to youtube.com slash OCP communications. Mike is a movie guy. He loves the cinematic adventures. What was the last video you did? Uh, it was actually a review of Clueless. Wow. 
Yeah, the 1995 film. Alicia Silverstone was so uh, hot back in the day. Yeah, but uh, she was also <laughs> like 17 or, or 16 when she was in that movie. Well, that's so. an inconvenient truth. I know, right? <laughs> well, I did not know that whole movie had that whole movie has a weird sort of vibe with the whole thing with her former stepbrother and Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd that she falls in love with. Kind of just a weird sort of vibe with that whole romance angle in that movie. Your Honor, I just want to go on record by saying I, I was not aware of the age of the defendant at the time of the movie. Uh, so I'm pleading ignorance to that. You're you're not alone. Like uh, it, it, there are probably a lot of other guys. Okay, your age actually, probably... I met Alicia Silverstone in Batman, not in Clueless. So there you go. Uh, Batman and Robin yes. when she was probably yeah. She was of age at that there point. You go. Still pretty young. Still pretty young, though. But yeah, the whole thing of Clueless where she falls in love with a guy in college and she's like not even done with high school yet. It's a little... I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they used to be, you know, uh, step-siblings, so... Uh, but it's still a fun movie. Uh, I, I didn't like it. I didn't love it, though. I thought it was fun, but honestly, for talk about Amy Heckerling films, I watched uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High uh, t- today, actually, and before the podcast, and I think that's a better film in terms of a teen comedy. Uh, but that's just me personally. Do you think in the year twenty twenty one we'll we'll even be able to do comedy movies anymore? Like, I don't know if comedy can exist in the same way it used to back twenty ten twenty thirty years ago. With like all the political correctness and things. Well, speaking of that, did you hear about shit like uh, in Portland they were doing a film festival, and kinder- Kindergarten Cop was on on the schedule because it was filmed in Astoria and it has a connection to Oregon history and all that. Well, this uh, Portland author threw a bitch fit on Twitter. Talked about how, you know, it's uh, promoting, you know, cops in the schools and and all this other bullshit she pulled out of her tight ass that proves that she didn't even see the fucking movie by saying things like racial profiling and all this Uh, other bullshit. That didn't even happen in the fucking movie. And And then she's also talking about, you know, child abuse and... Oh, All that get a other fucking, fucking life, crap. lady. Get a fucking life. And Portland, because, you know, it, let's be honest, Portland's a pretty liberal, like, really far left uh, a city. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with being liberal. Uh, I have no problem with that. But it's just there are some people who are to the extreme, and Portland has a lot of them. And so, and they do have, they have been dealing with a lot of riots. So I, you know, because it has cop in the name, even though Arnold isn't really the one that saves the day, it's a ferret, but okay, all right, regardless, because it has cop in the name, they don't, they, you know, they, they're, they're a little leery about it, but really, no, the reason why they pulled it is because they, they just listened to this offer on Twitter and a couple people that might have agreed with her, and it's like, I'm so sick of this bullshit where somebody tweets about how something offends them and then the the uh, venue pulls something 
because they're afraid of the backlash from the people on Twitter who weren't going to see the movie to begin with. How about we pull the people who would actually go and see the film at the film festival? It's like one- not the fucking people who aren't even going to see the movie to begin with. It's like once that echo chamber gets created, there's just no stopping it. It's just a wall of of sound that drowns out any logical argument at that point, you know? It just becomes this loud, echoing wall of rhetoric that once enough people have jumped on board with to, like, virtue signal. People are too fucking sensitive. They really are. Let's be perfectly honest. Like, some people are too fucking sensitive. They're hypersensitive. And it's like, America's not the land of the free to them. It's the land of the offended. Because <laughs> it really well, is. It's saying. like the land like, of like, I'm like, offended. Is comedy even going to be a genre that can still exist? Yeah. I mean, you look at what happened. It's it's a movie from 1990, and you got people bitching about Kindergarten Cop. It's fucking Kindergarten Cop. I, I want to quote the film and have Arnold, where Arnold's like, Stop whining! Stop whining! Because that's really stop, stop whining! It. Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! Because that's exactly Arnold was so good in that movie. That's like one. Of, that's yeah. like one of his best fucking roles. I think they're gonna they're gonna actually start censoring things on streaming too. Watch, you're gonna get things where it'll be like, oh, you know, wait a second, I I've seen this movie before and. You know, where's this scene or where's this line of dialogue? I mean, dude, at, the, at this it just gets uh, at the, it gets at caught. this point. There's gonna be edited. Like, there's gonna be so much. Like, Friends is gonna be seen as edgy. You know, in like ten years from now, like fucking <laughs> like Seinfeld will be banned straight up. Friends will be seen as like like married with children. Oh, oh my god, married that's with children's already that's already axed. There's no way you could you could <laughs> show that now. But that's why I I, I, I got to be honest, folks. I I love that show because it's so it's a fucking not politically it's, correct. It's a send up of of the male the typical male misogynist pig. Yeah. That's what Al Bundy is. is portraying. It's not, and he gets and he gets absolutely roasted by you know his wife in almost every yeah, episode. It's, it's a send up. It's <laughs> a it's a it's basically taking the piss out of that 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 uh, that got that type of guy. You know, it, yeah, you would think that more people would, you know, get that and be like, oh, this show was actually pretty brilliant because, you know, it's a, it's it's satirizing these things. Yeah. Um, so if you want to catch my YouTube channel, you go to youtube.com slash dancing with ghosts. That is dancing with ghosts. And um, the last video I did that I just released a few hours ago was me and my bandmate and sometimes co-host of this podcast, Stephanie uh tried uh we taste tested some australian snacks that were kindly sent to us by robin one of our australian listeners and we uh, tried all that food out and um even vegemite uh spoiler alert vegemite is ass complete ass i still i still i still need to try it i haven't tried it yet it's terrible it is it is pasty salty did you did you eat it the way that you're supposed to um, on toast I did, I did and put, butter I, with butter? I did put it on toast. I did not use any butter, but my friend told me that he has friends in Australia and they will put Vegemite on toast by like the spoonful. I don't understand how the human body can become that tolerant to salt. Vegemite is so know. fucking salty. I think I think this is the thing. It's like uh, you know when you do taste tests from other countries, we're like, where you, you taste chocolate, and you're like, where's the sugar? 
you know? And then they would taste American chocolate or like, this is so sugary. Yeah, you know, that is that yeah kinda, I guess so. I think it's, I think it's an acquired to, yeah. taste. That's really what it is. It's what you're used to. Yeah, like when we did the Mexican uh, candy taste test, um, me and Stephanie couldn't get over how they put uh, spice. So much spicy Spice stuff, in everything, yeah. in, in, in sweets, in, in candy. It's spicy. And uh, tamarind. Mm-hmm which is some kind of a plant or flavor yeah. of some kind is a, in a lot of stuff too. And I, I just did not like that, that uh-huh. flavor. And you know, I, I brought it up to some Hispanic friends of mine, like, Oh, Temperindo, I love that stuff, man. I had it as a kid, blah, blah. And so it's like, you know, they grew up with it. So to them it's familiar. And you know, so yeah, I guess it's all a matter of, of, of that. Anyway, good Lord. This podcast feels like an eternity. <laughs> God. Oh, also, you can... Uh, sorry, my 15-year-old... Oh, there's... there. Yeah, 15-year-old Josh made an appearance there. Yeah, so uh, if you guys uh, would, please follow my band Dancing With Ghosts on Spotify, uh, Apple Music, Google Play, and anywhere that music is streamed. We are on Instagram at Dancing With Ghosts Official, and we are on Twitter at Dance Ghost Dance. So follow us on there, too. Until next week, guys, have a good rest of your night. Goodbye. See ya. All right, guys, so earlier in the podcast, I was talking about my band's uh, Dancing with Ghosts new song called Locked In. I will now play you the song on uh, this episode because that's just how nice of a guy I am. If you like the song, consider uh, checking us out on Spotify. We're also on YouTube, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, if that means anything, um, SoundCloud, Apple Music, we're everywhere. So just, you know, go give us a follow. Do me a solid. Help me out. Uh, you might actually like it. Everywhere is Dancing with Ghosts. We are Dancing with Ghosts everywhere. I'm sure it'll pop up. Anyway, here's the new track, Locked In. You should know me by now, so why are you drowning? How many milligrams until you're locked in? You should be smiling, so why are you struggling? No, I'm just fucking around, I know you're dying. You should be locked in, you should be locked in. You should know me by now, but you're not breathing. You should just let it go, just stop thinking. You know you think too much, you know you think too much, you know you think too much, you know you think too much. Why do you act this way? You make me feel ashamed. What is your deal today? Why don't you feel okay? Just shut your mouth and close your eyes. This plane